Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning saunterers and welcome to another saunter. So if you've been um, hoping for another one here we go and uh, if you're new to sauntering basically it's an idea that we were um, doing during lockdown it was I did a slow saunter through the book of psalms and it was an amazing time for me personally it was a real help to get through the challenges of lockdown and today I want to take us through a slow saunter through the book of Luke. Now Luke is an amazing book and we'll talk a bit more about it. I'll give you a little intro. If you're listening on the podcast I'm recording this live on Facebook so I'm saying hi to people so you might not know them but they're lovely people and they're popping up on my screen so good morning Kathy. good to see you faithful saunterer. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus thank you for this glorious day And thank you that you want to speak to us today and you want to encounter us and you want us to encounter you. And so, Lord, we open our hearts for precisely that to happen in Jesus name. Amen. Good morning, Jack or Johnny. So I know you and uh, listen, we're we're going to look at the book of Luke. This guy, right, he's a doctor. He's a man of science and men and women of science usually are very systematic and they like evidence and they like to look at the evidence and review it all and draw conclusions from that rather than hysterical stories of miracles and all these other things and so this is why the book of Luke is so interesting because it represents a non-Jewish perspective on Jesus. Most of the um, Matthew, Mark and John were all Jews, so they wrote the other Gospels. This guy, Luke, is a non-Jew. He's probably a Roman or something. (laughs) He's born in Antioch, and he's from a very different culture, and yet he looks at the life of Jesus from a scientific perspective, from a medical perspective. And it's particularly exciting to see see how he responds to Jesus. So good morning, Fran, and good morning, Jill. Nice to see you. So I'm going to just dive in. So he starts off and he says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And so Luke here is starting off in a very formal way, 
and he's addressing himself to some person called Theophilus who may be um, a Roman official or someone of high standing because he uses a very formal kind of greeting and he says this is my this I'm kind of setting out my stand my I'm prefacing my comments. I'm trying to do an orderly account. I'm an eyewitness along with a lot of other people. He doesn't in any way discredit them, but he does say, I want to, I want to look at, I've looked into these things so closely over the time that they were happening and over the course of my life since that I want to now set it all out in an orderly way so that I've got a really nice detailed and systematic account of what happened and he talks about having certainty and this word there where he says have been accomplished among us it's like these things that aren't we're not going to just even try to argue that they happened it's these things are clearly evidenced among us and he says now I want to give you certainty concerning the things you've been taught so I want to underpin the foundations of your faith with a really helpful, orderly, systematic account of these things that have happened, namely the life of Jesus and all that began as a result of that. So then he launches into his narrative and he says, in the days of Herod, verse 5, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Now Herod was an, a brutal king. He was known for his cruelty and his harshness. He was very ambitious and did lots of building programs and so on, including building up the temple. He says, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. So Judea is the, is the um, what's remained of the land of Israel. The historical land of Israel was now condensed into the nation of Israel. And it was ruled over by the Romans and Herod was their guy in position. So there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Both were advanced in years. So this is a, excuse me, this is a, uh, deeply spiritual family they're from the priesthood and it's <clears throat> a real tragedy because they're old they've been godly all their lives they've lived this incredible life that had been pleasing to God and yet for some reason Elizabeth was unable to conceive and this is a obviously particularly in their day a great sadness and often sadly a a reason for shame and reproach in the community so people without children were kind of looked on as lesser which is very sad isn't it so on two levels emotionally they would have been broken over this desire to have a child and then it's a society wouldn't have treated them all that great either necessarily so verse 8 it says now while he was serving as a priest before god his division was on duty according to the custom of the priesthood and he, sorry, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense. Now, because there were so many priests, they, their 
everyone wanted the top job, which was to go in to the holy place in the temple and burn incense on this golden altar. There would be a flame that was always burned. They would burn this sweet-smelling, um, these her spices and resins that were, were concocted into this incredible incense. And it was a thing that God had asked from way back in their history. And now it was a highly sought-after job. And because of that, they did the fair thing and they cast lots and they just drew straws to see who was going to get to um, do this, fulfil this role. Good morning, Jetson. And uh, so it, it fell to Zechariah. It was his division to do the kind of job in the temple that day. They were on duty and he was chosen specifically by lot, one person out of this massive crowd of potential candidates to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So this is a big deal. The people have all come with their individual requests and there would have been a one big prayer that was in the hearts of people which was to get them out from under the jackboot of Roman oppression and they, this would have been the cry of their hearts and, and Zechariah goes in and his job now is to pray for the whole nation and represent them before God for that day. The whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he will not drink sorry, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So he's saying, this, this is going to be amazing, John. God has heard your prayers. I'm um, sorry, it's going to be amazing, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers and he's going to give you and your wife a son. Can you imagine? These guys are really old. It's all finished in that department for Elizabeth. And the, she's no longer ovulating or having all of those things going on. And she's given up on that. And Zechariah's given up on it as well. And he's in there to fulfill a very, very solemn duty to pray for the nation. But what's happening is God is speaking right into his own heart and saying, I've heard your prayers. Now, this is amazing because Zechariah would have prayed and prayed and prayed. And Elizabeth will have prayed and prayed and prayed to conceive. And it's not happened. And in the end, I would imagine they got to the point where they just said, look, we need to be happy with each other. We need to settle down and just content ourselves with being great aunties and uncles. Excuse me, slurping my coffee. And get on with what we've got left to do.
and they had an expectation for their life, didn't they? And suddenly, in this little moment, bang, their whole lives changed. The whole destiny of Zechariah and Elizabeth changed. So Zechariah is not seeing some little kind of wafty fairy kind of thing. He's seen almost always when angels appear in the Bible, they say, don't be afraid. Why do they say don't be afraid? It's because the people are afraid because angels are powerful and awesome and supernatural. And we don't normally run into them consciously on our day-to-day, -day, in our day-to-day -day lives. So they're unusual, out of our normal experience. And suddenly this moment has happened in Zechariah's life where everything is going to change. All his expectations of life are going to pivot in this one moment. Um, his expectations of growing old with his wife and having a very quiet, secluded kind of life is all thrown up in the air, the, the prospect of having a child. And this, so this is incredible. But then the angel goes on to say that he's going to be special. He mustn't drink strong wine, um, wine or strong drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. I just want to say one thing about that without getting overly preachy. This baby was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. God had a destiny and a plan for this baby even before conception. I do believe that every life is sacred. I do believe that every life is a gift from God and an opportunity for a brand new human being to grow up to know God and to have a relationship with him and to potentially be a deliverer and potentially be somebody who brings enormous freedom and joy and opportunity into the world because they've been born. And John the Baptist, it says that he was would be filled with the Holy Spirit. This baby would be filled with the Holy Spirit even whilst he was still in his mother's womb. This is not a cluster of cells. This is not just a fetus. This is a baby, miniature human being who is filled with the Spirit of God right from even before he's... I don't know what point he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's a profound thought. And it's really important for us to cut through all the rhetoric, cut through all the arguments and all the kind of anger and um, buzzwords and stuff and read these scriptures they're precious and they speak volumes to us and it, it helps us to understand the heart of God for children and the unborn baby and the rest of the human race and so this young person who's conceived will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God he's going to be somebody who brings around a change of heart. The Bible calls that repentance. And John the Baptist, his whole message was repent. Change your heart, change your mind, change your attitude to God right now. And he would carry the spirit and power of Elijah. And if you don't know, Elijah was an Old Testament prophet. He was considered one of the, the um, greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And Zechariah is getting this, he must be just kind of, absolutely overwhelmed by the promises that God is making to him in this moment and so then it goes on to say he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready 
for the Lord a people prepared. And we understand that following on hot on the heels of John the Baptist, we're going to see Jesus, the Messiah, appear, God's chosen promised one, and the purpose of John, who became known as John the Baptist. I'm calling him John the Baptist before he's even born. But this miracle baby is going to prepare a way in the hearts of God's people for the, the main event, which is the Messiah, which is Jesus. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> you kind of get that like, um, I'm Gabriel. Come on, man. And I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. It's like, all I've done, Gabriel, all I've done, Zechariah, is I've showed up that in itself should be convincing enough. And now I'm bringing you good news from the very presence of God, where I, which is where I hang out. Verse 20, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people who and the people were waiting for Zechariah. Oh my goodness, the Bible's turning itself over. And the people were waiting for Zechariah. And they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realised that he'd seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. Verse 24, after those days, or these days, Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. So the crowd outside were waiting for Zechariah to appear. They were waiting for him to come and kind of tell of his experiences before God. And, and he can't. He just, he comes out and he can't say anything. He's, he's literally become mute because, why was he made mute? Because he didn't really embrace fully. He didn't receive the words of the angel with faith. He didn't say, yeah, wow, that is so incredible, but I choose to believe it. He was like, mm, I don't know, how can I be sure? You know, I'm old, my wife's old, you know how things are. It's all stopped for us and in that respect. And so the, the angel says, come on, I'm gonna shut you up. You're not gonna pour any more cold water on God's plan. You're not going to cast any more doubt over it. You're going to be silent until the baby comes. And so there would have been this huge gossip, wouldn't there, about what actually had gone on with Zechariah in the temple that day as everyone was scratching their heads and wondering, why hasn't he come out and spoken a blessing over us? Why hasn't he done his job? What's going on here? And uh, I want my money back. <laughs> anyway. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent from God, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. 
and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, <clears throat> and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Wow, this is stunning. So, it was amazing that God would promise a child to um, Zechariah and Elizabeth in their old age. It was absolutely incredible. It was beyond the realms of possibility for them in their minds. And yet God spoke it and they it, it was began to happen. And so six months into the story of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel shows up again with an even more incredible statement, this time to a virgin called Mary and says, you are going to conceive Mary. This is going to be the biggest miracle ever, ever, ever. And she's like, wow. And he goes on to say, you're favoured. The Lord is with you. But he, she didn't, she couldn't get her head around it. And then, and then so he goes on to promise all these incredible things about the birth of this baby, this miracle baby number two, even more miracle. And he says, this, this baby is going to sit on his father's throne, the throne of David. He's going to actually be the descendant of King David, the greatest king that Israel had ever had. And he's going to kind of resume this position of kingship and leadership over the nation of Israel. And Mary is just like, oh my word what is going on right now and Mary said to the angel quite understandably verse 34 how will this be since I'm a virgin and the angel answered her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God and behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing. Ah, oh, boy, everybody say nothing at the top of your voice. For nothing, it will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We could say so, 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 so much. We could talk all day about this. This is the most incredible, incredible, incredible miracle. The most incredible message everyone's, anyone has ever received from an angel, I would say. And what he's saying is, listen, this is going to be a miracle. The power of God himself is going to settle on you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's like exactly the same sense that we have at creation with the Spirit of God brooding over the chaos. And then God speaks and he says, God's going to brood over you. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and fill you. And this is going to be a miracle that the child born will be called holy the son of god and then he's this is obviously just such an incredible word for mary to take on board he says and by the way your relative elizabeth is pregnant as well 
and she's got a miracle baby growing in her womb too and she's six months on for nothing will be impossible with God. So good morning Paul and Mike and Jean and Ruth, great to see you all. So this really, I, I'd love it if we could take this word with us today and just reflect on it because this is the most incredible thing. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And when God speaks it, it's going to happen. There are so many things that we've seen happen that God has spoken into being, that God has made happen by speaking it out. And many of us as well carry those things in our hearts that God has spoken to us and those things will come about. But there is, su there is such a challenge in this day and age for the scientific kind of evidence-based culture that we live in that says, oh, you know, if you can't see it, you can't measure it, blah, 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 it can't be true. But when God speaks, it will surely come about. And so it, even more remarkable for me that this is Luke, the doctor, writing these things down. And he writes it down without even batting an eyelid because these things were true. These things had happened. He would have been able to talk to Mary. She was alive at the time he was writing this. And he was able to talk to all these different people. And he was digging deep to find the, the actual facts so that he could present this systematic um, explanation of what happened. And so Luke, the scientist, the doctor, is now helping us today in the 21st century to actually have certainty about what we've been taught. Just like Theophilus, which means beloved of God. He's saying you can have certainty. So right, he's speaking right forwards in time to us and saying you can have certainty. I'm an eyewitness. I'm writing this as my sworn affidavit, if you like. This is my eyewitness account of what happened so that your faith can rest on something certain and uh, wow Jesus we open our hearts to you today to believe for the miraculous I just want to say listen it was just a moment in time and everything changed for Zechariah and Elizabeth a moment in time everything changed for Mary a moment in time an encounter with God everything changes for you everything changes for me in that moment even if we may have prayed for decades and decades like Zechariah and Elizabeth did in that moment of encounter everything changes wow Jesus we love you thank you so much for your word and bless us today whatever we're up to amen I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book The Christing it's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him 
but more than anything else that you would fall more in love with Jesus so please if you have not got a copy do buy one you can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores including Amazon Eden and others you can buy it from Christian bookshops and, or you can message me and get your own signed copy there you go but do like it and review it because that really really does help thank you so much <laughs>